Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for joining me today. In the spotlight this week is Toronto-born vocalist and multi-instrumentalist country artist Jessica Sevier. We had such a lovely conversation. It was so insightful. And let me tell you, she is a rising star. So, of course, in this interview, you are going to get to know her a lot better. We also talk about how, at the young age of 11, she was already learning the basics of music production, recording, song development, and writing. We also talk about how, over the last few years of her career, she has been known to combine elements of classic rock, country, and pop into a nostalgic, modern sound. That's pretty cool. You're going to love that. And why Stevie Nicks Bruce Springsteen, Sheryl Crow, and Lainey Wilson are some of her top inspirations. And what makes them stand out to her? How her love of songwriting and her talent for songwriting has gotten noticed on national TV on the show The Shot Remastered. We talk about some of her most memorable shows she has played, about her team, and about how exciting 2022 is shaping up for her. And of course, so much more. It was a great conversation. You're of course also going to hear two of her songs, her debut single, Ghost of Tom, and her latest, Confetti. I'm really excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. All right, so Jessica, first off, thank you so much for being a part of One to Watch Wednesday. I found out about you through your latest song, Confetti, which is just gorgeous, by the way. And we're definitely going to be talking about that and definitely going to be playing that here in a few minutes. But we got to talk about you and your start. So we're going to start at the very beginning. So from what I read, just hearing music always made you want to sing and perform. And by the age of 11, you were already learning the basics of music production and recording some music with your home equipment and you learned how to write and develop a song with new technology you were being given day by day and week by week from my understanding, which is so, so cool. So you started at a very young age. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I started vocal lessons and like music lessons when I was young. And then I don't really remember how I decided that I wanted to like record or anything. And then I remember one Christmas, I got this whole like mic set up, like the studio mic and like all the things I needed, like an interface and all that sort of stuff. And then from there, I just started recording. Like, I think by that time, I was only playing like the ukulele, really. So like, I would I would record myself like playing piano or the ukulele and like sing some Taylor Swift songs with it. And it's atrocious. Like, I would look back at it now and be like, that is absolutely just terrible. Like, it was just bad. But I mean, from that, I grew so much and just like learned how to use audio equipment and all that sort of stuff. And then I ended up going to audio engineering school here in Toronto and yeah it was it was just kind of a great start to get me in that road and then from that I just kind of learned all these things and and became really comfortable with writing songs and creating songs and I think that's kind of really helped me a lot to have that kind of background. That's really cool so you started singing and performing but also doing audio production so you did quite a few things which is amazing so When did you feel like you found your sound or do you still feel like you're working on finding your sound as an artist? I definitely think I'm still figuring it out a little bit, but I've definitely come into a really good groove with, you know, Confetti. And then I have another song that I recorded at the same time, which will be coming out very soon. And I think 
like in the past year I've been sort of become really comfortable with like the country sound. I started in rock music, which is very similar but different at the same time. I think around like 15, 16, I started performing and it was all like rock covers and uh, all like 80s songs and all that sort of stuff. And then I was in a Bruce Springsteen cover band for a hot minute and we played in Toronto and, and had a lot of fun there. And then I guess in the last year, I just kind of decided that country was kind of where I wanted to be. I, I kind of got inspired by a lot of like the 80s, 90s glam metal sort of stuff. Like Cinderella has this album called Heartbreak Station. I've talked about this a few times with some people and the album Heartbreak Station is just like so country. It's like all acoustic-y, folky kind of country music, but has this kind of glam metal look to it. But when you strip that sort of stuff back, it's like the writing is so country and and, and just story stories that they tell. And from that album, I was like, yeah, like that's how I want to write and how I want to, you know, make music. So I just kind of started writing these more folky stuff, songs and stuff. And I kind of found my way into the country scene. And I've definitely solidified a sound for myself in the past year. I'm still working on it, still trying to figure out that groove, but I'm really, really happy with, you know, my sound right now. It's really telling of who I am right now and what I'm doing. And I'm sure it'll grow and change in the next year or like even six months. But my next two songs, I'm really, really, really happy and comfortable with that sound for sure. That's really amazing. And I feel like what is so great about music and the country genre and almost any genre these days is that you are able to continue to grow and develop your sound and experiment and do more things. Like it's more malleable to be an artist these days than it was in the past. And I think that is just so exciting. And over the last few years for you in your career, you have been known to combine elements of classic rock, country, and pop into those nostalgic sounds like you just mentioned, and you put that into a more modern music feel. And so tell us a bit about your writing style and what is a writing session like with you? Where do you find inspiration for your songs? Everywhere. It's it's just so sporadic for me. I mean, like I have like a huge list on my phone of like song lines, ideas, all these sort of things that will just come to me. Like I'll be in the car and I'll be like, I, I have an idea. So like, I'll like grab my phone, like as I'm driving, like write something down on these notes. And then I kind of save up those notes for like, when I have the time to sit down and write or like, somebody messages me and like, hey, like, do you have any ideas? Do you want to write something? And so it's usually like, I'll bring an idea, somebody will bring an idea, but it's always starting with like a line. I always seem to have one line that I'm like, this is my song. How can I build on top of this line? Yeah, I think just having those ideas and writing them down is kind of the best way to do it. And then, you know, bouncing ideas off other people. I, I honestly wrote solo for a really, really long time until like, maybe like the last two years, I was like, Oh, maybe I should write with some people like maybe I can have some better ideas. And then I started writing with a few people and they just kept getting better and better. So my new song that's coming out in a little bit, I wrote with Lydia Sutherland and Aaron Pollock. And that idea was just like, I have this idea of like, oh, I guess I can give a little bit away. It's called <laughs> See You There. I've played it a few times. People have heard it. So see you there. It's like this idea about there's you live in a small town and you're going to see this person everywhere. And that was my idea that I brought. And I was like, hey, guys, I think this could be a really cool line. Like, I hate that. I'll see you everywhere. And then from that, we just kind of built a song. We bounced around ideas about these ideas, what kind of feelings came from this idea of like having to see your ex everywhere. And, and we just built a song. And I think that's how I do a lot of my rights is just you know, coming in with a line or coming in with an idea and then, you know, figuring out where those feelings came from and then writing kind of like 
the first section, like the first verse maybe, and then being like, okay, now I see how the chorus can tie into that and how my idea can kind of tie in. And yeah, it's super cool. It's very sporadic for me. It's, it's never like, I'm going to write this day and I'm going to write a song. It's like, oh, I have an idea. Okay. You know, I'll write it down. And like, maybe when some more ideas come, we'll figure that out. Like I, I write whenever like something inspires me. That is just the coolest. And I think that is so interesting that you just have one line and you can shape a whole entire song based off just one line that you came up with. That is beautiful. Where is the kind of most weirdest spot or the most unexpected spot that you came up with inspiration for a song for? Oh, that's a good question. Shower. (laughs) I get a lot of like car ideas. I was on a bus one time and I had this idea I don't think I've had any like weird spots where I've gotten it's mostly like showers and cars when I'm alone and just like sitting or you know somebody will say something to me and I'm like oh my god I'm gonna write that down I think that's probably the weirdest thing I've been at like a cottage or something with like my friends or like some like family friends and somebody has said something and I'm like hey can I just like write that down and like I feel like I've done I've written songs from those lines before too I mean they probably never will see the light of day but like I've definitely taken things that people have said to me and like spun into a song and it's been kind of funny and I'd be like hey I wrote this song like remember when you said this to me and they're like no and I'm like well, okay well I wrote a song about it and I think that's probably the weirdest thing that I've done hey that's pretty cool that's a great way to do it and your sound like you have been compared to vocalists and writers such as Stevie Nicks Bruce Springsteen Lainey Wilson and Cheryl Crow and I can definitely hear that with your music and when you were more rock pop sounding as well and I feel like these artists do influence your sound and your songs of course and you actually do pay tribute to Bruce Springsteen with one of your songs Ghost of Tom and you mentioned that for you drawing inspiration from a song is less about rewriting the intended meaning of the song but more about the vibe or the feeling it gives you personally so let's talk about your musical inspirations and how do you incorporate their influence on you into your music and why are they your influences and what makes them stand out to you yeah I mean Bruce Springsteen is just like this major figure in my life and he always has been like him and John Mellencamp is what I I really grew up on and I have like kind of I grew up listening to a lot of cassettes and, and records so like I have this huge collection of all these records and cassettes that my dad handed down to me and they're all like Bruce Springsteen John Mellencamp and a lot of like you know heavier rock stuff and I think when I get inspiration from those kind of people it's yeah, it's the vibe. Like sometimes the song will come on and it'll it'll make me feel a certain way. And I'll just be like, oh, wow. Like, how can I capture this vibe? And sometimes like they'll say certain things in their songs and um, I'll write them down. Like I'll write down a line that they said and I'll think about it and I'll think about what they're trying to mean by that. And maybe like take some of their words and, and spin them a different way for sure. And sometimes it's just like the vibe that I get. Like I'll be in the car coming home from a show or something that's like 3 a.m., I'm so tired of listening to music like after playing for like four hours like I just don't want to hear anything so I'll put on like some really slow sad Bruce Springsteen and just the vibe that I get sitting there alone in the car at night is like just like it's indescribable for sure and that feeling has really influenced a lot of my writing is just sitting in that car and having Bruce Springsteen on and the feelings that I'm feeling when he sings about all these things I don't really relate to what he sings about you know I didn't grow up in the U.S. in America in like the 50s and 60s and that's what he writes about a lot and a lot of the struggles that you know they faced stuff like that like he really writes about true things that he saw in his life 
And when I sit in the car and listen to that and vibe to what he's talking about, I kind of reflect on the things that I've seen in my life. And that's a huge part of it. I wrote one of these songs. It's called Long Drive. I wrote this a really, really long time ago. I was very young. I was sitting at my cottage and Bruce Springsteen was playing on the radio and there was these forest fires all around. And he was singing about all these this love and loss that he'd been feeling. And this smoke I just saw coming over my lake and just kind of coming over and just like taking everything that that was blue and happy in the sky and just the smog came over and then the vibe from that and then the Bruce Springsteen made me really just think and give me this sort of like nostalgic feeling and I wrote kind of about love and loss from that yeah just the vibe and everything that it gives me really inspires me and makes me think about things that I've seen and things that people around me have seen. I don't write a lot about about personal things. I will say that I do make up a lot of stories from stories that I've heard or things that have people have told me. So when I get the chance to, you know, actually feel and write about something that I feel, it actually becomes a really super special song for me. Wow, that's incredible. I love that you're able to make somebody else's story into such a beautiful piece of art that takes talent. So wow, that is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. So we are going to be playing Ghost of Tom here in a couple of minutes, because from my understanding, that was your debut single. But first, we do have to talk about the fact that your songwriting and your love of it has not gone unnoticed. Your original music gained you a spot to compete on the TV show, The Shot Remasters. So tell us about that experience. Yeah, that was super cool. I mean, it was during COVID and... I just kind of saw online that this thing was happening, this show. I remember sitting in my basement with my guitar ready to like do the audition. It was like an Instagram live audition. And I was so nervous. Like I was just, I was like, oh my God. Like I I was so young and just like, just didn't really know what to expect from something like this. And then I got through and it was like this whole development thing we had to do all these projects for them and and really work on our craft and send them things and and do all these sort of like competitions and it was super fun and I learned a lot about myself as an artist and a lot about songwriting from other artists and I connected with some great great people a lot of great artists that I ended up going to a writer's retreat with I guess maybe about a year ago last summer I ended up meeting up with all those people that I met on that show and writing some great songs we wrote some fun ones I wrote one called fuck you Kyle just I was in a really angry spot and I wrote this really angry song and it was so fun and and I learned a lot about how I could write and how other people can write with me and how I work with other people from that and it was super great and I definitely learned a lot about myself and about other artists and and you know how to network in that sort of way so that was a huge stepping stone for me and becoming part of more of the country community because I met a lot of country artists from that and my former manager CJ Allen he ran that show as well so when I connected with him from that show, we worked together for a while after the show and, and he really put me in the right direction for, you know, creating myself as a brand and really helping me develop myself for that little time we worked together. And I eventually, you know, moved on and, and, and made some bigger connections that way. But yeah, that was a really great start for me. That's amazing. And we are going to be talking more about your performances that you've done recently and in the past and more about that here. But first, let's talk about Ghost of Tom. So this was a tribute to Bruce Springsteen. It was your debut single. So tell us a bit about why you decided to bring this out as your first single to the world and why it inspired you so much. You did talk about how Bruce Springsteen was quite the inspiration for you and about his music, but let's talk about Ghost of Tom. 
So this story about Ghost of Tom is actually a true story. So I think that's why I decided to use it as like my first song. I recorded four songs at, at the same time. It was Ghost of Tom, Long Drive, Janny, and Edge of the Night. Those last three songs, you know, they were just kind of stories that I made up. But Ghost of Tom was a true story. I read it when I was 16. It was all about kind of this summer romance that I had up north. And I remember that summer, the song Ghost of Tom... Ghost of Tom Joad by Bruce Springsteen was playing all the time. Like my dad, it was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. So we were sitting at the cottage together and, and he was playing all these Bruce Springsteen songs. And I remember that song came on and I loved like the sadness and like the, the bittersweetness of the song. And then after the summer ended, I mean, obviously that romance had ended because it was summer. Everyone went back to school. People moved away. The guy's name was actually Tom. So like it worked out well for the song. So I wrote this song about, uh, you know, like people leaving and this guy leaving me and, and all the things that he was doing and all the things that I was doing and how it just kind of, we just kind of separated and we never saw each other again. We never spoke again and, and, and that was fine. But this beautiful song came out of it. I kind of took the vibe and the feeling from that Bruce Springsteen song and the feeling that I got from this person leaving my life, you know, mashed those together to make this story that... I was living at the moment. Wow, that is beautiful. And we're going to play it right now. Here is Ghost of Tom by our guest, Jessica Sevier. I can hear the falling rain on the windshield tonight. You went away, you know, when mine. Driving west as I'm left as second best in your heart. You're willing to start to start again to free yourself, only to be tied up again. Well, you got.
is Ghost of Tom by our guest, Jessica Sevier. Now we got to talk about some of your performances here. So you were at the 2021 Canadian Music Week and you were a featured artist performer and Indie Week 2021 exhibitor. And you were chosen as one of the top 12 in the CNE Rising Star competition in 2020. You have also spent most of your career touring around Ontario and playing notable downtown Toronto venues and music festivals. So let's talk about some of your favorite performances, some of your most memorable performances to you there's I've, I've I've done so many shows but there are a few that do stand out for me I would say rib fest I played that was one of my first shows I played when I was like 16 I think I played the rib fest main stage this little girl not really knowing what was going on me and and my guitarist at the time we went up and played that was super cool. There was like thousands of people in front of me and I did not really know what was going on because I had maybe played two or three shows ever before I played that show. And it was massive. I would say I was not ready for it. I, I will say that I was not expecting to go up there and play that and have like thousands of people staring at me and, and not really knowing how to work a crowd at that time. But it was it was a great experience. I learned so much from it. I would say, again, the next notable show I think it was like 2018. It was with my Bruce Springsteen cover band. We played the Cadillac Lounge in Toronto, sold it out. And it was just a packed house. It was so fun. That was kind of really when I found my love for working a crowd, being with a crowd and and really playing the songs that I loved. That was an incredible show for me. And the band that I had there had been so supportive of me. They were all a lot older than me. They were in their like 50s and they were all so supportive. They kind of took me under their wing and were like, hey, play the show with us, like be part of this Bruce Springsteen band. And, and so I sang and, and played some guitar and, and the band backed me up. We had a saxophone player, a keyboardist, drummers, lots of guitars. And it was just so comforting that, to be in that, in that position and, and, and have all these people support me and, and lift me up. That was a huge show for me. That was so notable in my, in my career. I will always think back to that show. It might not have been my best singing ever that I've ever done. I was so young, but it was definitely something that will always resonate with me. It was just a really, really great time to be part of that. There's been so many since that. And I think, I mean, I played my first full band show of the year last week. And that was super awesome getting back into that with my band. I love my band. They're just great people to be around. So I think that was a really great moment for me as well. And then I think this summer is going to be amazing. Again, a lot of really core memories I think are going to come from this summer as well. Playing at Nicole Ray's Festival is going to be cool. I love the girls that are playing that. I'm playing Rib Fest again. So for the first time since I played it, the first time I'm doing the Burlington Rib Fest this summer with my full band. And I think that one's going to be really great and memorable for me. And then I have a few festivals that I, I don't think I can talk about yet. <laughs> but there's going to be some some really big ones, some really big acts that I'll be opening up for, which are just insane. I can't believe I'm on the roster for that. So, I mean, more to come this summer and they are going to be huge for me. So I'm excited to announce those when I'm allowed to. But yeah, I think those have been some of my most memorable ones. Well, congratulations on all those new shows coming up and getting so many gigs. That is amazing. And later on, we're going to tell everybody where to find you and where to follow you to see all of your shows and to see all of those opening experiences because that is going to be very exciting. So you have a lot of singles out and a lot of projects such as As the River Rises. You also have Heads Up and Edge of the Night and Jenny and Long Drive, Ghost of Tom that we just talked about and Confetti. So many great releases already. But if you were asked to choose only one song for the world to hear, which one would it be? 
Oh, man. As much as I'm proud of all of my work, there are definitely some songs that I'm, you know, I would I would take away from the world for sure. Because I know so much more now. And I know, I, I just know a lot more than I did when I was starting out. If the world could hear one song from me right now, it would be Confetti or the song that I'm putting out uh, in a couple months, just because it's the first time that I, I think I've really captured who I am in a song. You know, I was still learning and figuring things out when I put out all my other music, and I, they will always have a special place in my heart, for sure. They're songs that I wrote growing up and, and when I was younger, and but these new songs and Confetti, for sure, really kind of describes where I'm at in life and, and the place I'm at and the things that I'm feeling, because you know, I really relate to that song and I'm really, really proud of it. I got to do work with some really awesome people on that song. And, and I think it's the first time that I'm over the moon about something that I've done. That is so exciting. So what is your favorite original song to perform live? And what is your favorite cover song to perform live? Hmm, I think my favorite original to perform live would be either Confetti or my new song, See You There. We've done it a few times at some writer's rounds. And Alex Griffin is just amazing on the guitar for me. And he he really brings that, the feel of the song when we play it. And, and he he's really passionate about it as well. So I think See You There or Confetti are just amazing to perform live because the band gets into it, I get into it. And it's just so relatable to everyone, I think. I think everyone kind of struggles with growing up and, and being at the right stage in life. And I think that's what Confetti talks about. So I think... When we play it, the whole band's just kind of like, I feel this song. I, I feel this way because we're all young. My whole band is under 25. So we're all kind of in the same boat. So I think when I sing this song, everyone kind of relates to it. Cover. Ooh, that's a hard one. I mean, obviously, I love doing Bruce Springsteen and I'll, I'll say that till I die. But it's definitely not my favorite. I, I mean, we do Born in the USA now. We don't do a lot anymore. I would say stuff with harmony is is some of my favorite stuff. Like we do Diane by Cam and we have three-part harmony on that. So it's Paul Booker, me and Alex Griffin that do the harmony with my band for that. That one's a great one. And there's so many to choose from. And then I would say if I had to choose a beat between Diane and Straight Up Sideways, it's such a banger. Like it's so fun to perform. It's by Lainey Wilson and we always open every show with it. So we kind of were like... We're here. Let's get drunk. Let's have a party. Let's have fun. Let's get straight up sideways. And it's just such a jam. And I think it really draws the crowd in for sure. They're like, oh, okay. These people are here to party. These people are here to give us a good time. So I would say Diane or straight up sideways, I guess. Both really good songs. I would love to hear your guys' harmony on Diane because I know oh, Alex's I, voice. Awesome. I know your voice. I don't know Paul's voice, but I feel like it would be amazing. Oh, Paul has the most beautiful voice. He doesn't sing very often in shows because he plays bass, but when he does, his voice is just so smooth and silky and just beautiful. So I think me, Alex and Paul, definitely, I have more of this pingy forward, very, you know, loud voice. And Alex and Paul definitely have soaker voices. So they kind of soak up a little bit of my pinginess. So it just blends into this beautiful, like soft sound. It just becomes this beautiful sound that, uh, that is just blows me away. So I'm like, I hope people like it. But for me, it's just like, wow, like this just sounds beautiful. I don't doubt that. And if you come out here to Alberta anytime, we got to get you to sing that song with those guys. That would be great. So if you could play any stage in the world, where would you love to play? Oh, wow. I mean, there's definitely levels to that. I think I would love to do a Boots and Hearts. That would be 
amazing just so fun the people that go to that festival and just the people that are there I know so like a lot of my friends go and like a lot of people my age go and and even older and the lineups just keep getting better and better and like that would be a dream show for me to play in the next few years for sure I'd love to play in Nashville a bit I mean I've been in Nashville and I've done some work there like we've done recording and stuff but I've never actually played I'd love to play on Broadway and just kind of get in the vibe there it's such a fun time I mean I've gone to Broadway and seen the bands but I've never actually played so I think that would be cool and I think those are kind of goals for me in the next you know two three years kind of thing and growing up going to like Budweiser and like the ACC which is like Scotiabank now but like going to those kind of venues when I was younger growing up in in Toronto obviously would be a dream but I think more realistically in the next few years I would love to do a Boots and Hearts for sure I can definitely see you getting on that stage that'd be awesome now Your sound, your songs, you, you have been recognized by a lot of very important people in the music industry, and it's very well deserved. And you recently signed with manager Jordan Elliott, who's worked with Megan Patrick and Eric Etheridge. And you've also gained attention from some of Sony, ATV and Liz Rose music with some very talented writers. So let's talk a bit about your team here and how they've helped grow your career to where you are today. Yeah, Jordan is absolutely amazing. I met Jordan, oh, maybe like 10 months ago kind of thing I think almost a year ago um and we've been working together since then like we met and I was like and we just kind of really connected and and we really had the same goals and visions and she is just amazing she's in Nashville so I've gone there to see her and we did confetti and, and and my other song down there together and she has just been so great at like connecting me with people like she connected me with Grady down in Nashville who did my songs and she connected me with Sony who gave me confetti so that was a song from them. So Emily, Karen Kosowski, and Alyssa Michaela wrote that song. And she connected me with them. And then we we got that song from them. And it's been just incredible to, like, be able to talk and chat with those ladies. Because, like, oh, my God. Like, they're Sony signed. And then sign, uh, Alyssa's signed to Liz Rose music. And just, like, being able to chat with them and have them support the song because they wrote it. And, and have that kind of power on my team has just been absolutely incredible and I'm so thankful to Jordan for that because she's brought me into this whole new world and she's done everything for me in terms of this release and setting up all of you know the radio all of you know the Spotify all of the promo everything and she has just been so incredible on everything and I credit all of my success to Jordan I mean maybe a little bit to me you know I sang the song but I credit a lot of my success to her because she has just been so proactive in in getting me everything that I need and everything that I want. So yeah, she's been incredible and she has had some great people work for me on this song. The the whole team at Sony has just been so, so welcoming and and so appreciative of me for recording their song and and they've been pushing it for me and, and doing all these sorts of things with it. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful to these people just taking a chance on me because to me, I'm no one like to them. I'm no one, right? Like, like I'm just some another artist that's recording a song, but they've been like a family, like they've been supporting it and posting it and sharing it everywhere and doing all the sort of things that, you know, they would do for one of their own artists. So I've just been so grateful to those people who have done everything for Confetti and it's really going to give me a good solid foundation for when my next song comes out. So I'm super grateful. Oh, that is so wonderful to hear. And having a great team is so important. So what advice would you give to young artists or very fresh artists about looking for a team when the time is right for them to look for management, to look for PR, to look for radio trackers? So what advice would you give to those young artists and fresh artists when looking for a team? What kind of people should they be looking for? Who do they need? I would say to them, you know, be very careful about people because there are people that 
are gonna, you know, give you the runaround, which, you know, happens to a lot of young artists. And it's, it's, it's very scary. And I'm, I mean, having artist friends is super important because I think being able to chat with them about people and like checking up on people like, hey, have you heard about this person, you know, that wants to work with me? Or, hey, have you heard about this manager or this PR person? And, and what have they, have they done? And I think that's super grateful. I mean, super great for people have that kind of support. I know I've talked to Nicole Ray a lot about people and I've been like, hey, what do you think about this person? Should I work with them? And she's been, you know, a great friend to me and, and been like, hey, yeah, I love this person. Or, hey, no, like, I would choose this person instead. And I think that's super important for young artists is to, you know, try and get a part of a community where where people will support other people and, and help you find the right people. Making sure that you have the same goals as, as management or people that are wanting to work for you or you want to work for you. Because if you're not on the same page with people, then nothing's going to go right. They're going to push you to do something you don't want to do, or you're going to push them to do something that they don't want to do. And making sure that, you know, they're just good people and they're in it for the right reasons and and all that sort of stuff and that you actually get along with them you want to work with them and it's not just because they promise you things and look out for empty promises too like if someone's gonna promise you the moon it's not it's too good to be true work very closely with your people I think that's a great great advice too is is don't let them do everything and, and don't let them kind of run around on their own be on top of them and make sure that you're chatting with them and making sure that you guys are both doing what you want because sometimes people can get carried away and I think that happens sometimes and making sure that you need those people and it's not just them taking your money for not the right reasons and, and not the right things and and that you know yeah and I've heard from a lot of artists also like when picking your team and picking your bandmates it's all about the hang you know you just gotta for have sure. a good hang for sure I, yeah I get that with the band a lot is I've had a lot of people come and go from my bands and stuff because they're just not the right fit. And I mean, they could be an amazing, amazing player. But if if you guys don't get along, your stage chemistry is not going to work. You're not going to have fun on stage. You're not going to have a good like day with them because you spend a lot of time with your band, especially when we're driving for like hours to get to a gig. Like if we're driving like a t- two hours away to go play something and you're stuck in the car with this person, they're just a shit person you're not going to have a good time and being on stage and being able to be happy and, and energetic on stage is so, so important because the, if you're not vibing and the chemistry isn't there, the audience is going to be like, this is boring. I'm not going to watch this. So I think that's why I think my band works really well because Alex and I had great chemistry, obviously. Paul is a great friend of both of ours. And then my drummer, Matt, is just the coolest hang. He's just a great guy. So I think it works really well. And I think that translates over to any kind of team member just being able to hang and, and, and chat with them and have them as a friend. Because if you're not friends with these people, they're not going to care. Like, you're not going to care about them. They're not going to care about you. You have to have some sort of connection for sure. Exactly. So you're also a voice teacher, from my understanding. That is so cool. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I actually am not anymore. I was. Oh, okay. My life has changed so much recently. It's been so chaotic. I, yeah, I was a voice teacher for a while because I actually went to Western for classical voice. Like I went to university for that because I sang classical voice my whole life. And that's kind of, you know, where I got a lot of my singing from and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I went to school for that. I just started teaching because I just needed, you know, a little bit of extra money and a little bit of something to do to support me a little bit more. So I started teaching and I taught for, I guess, two years, two and a half years. And it was great because I love, you know, seeing people grow and, and having someone's voice grow because I watched my own voice grow from when I was really young until now in my 20s. Like it's grown so much and, and having these students that 
I can mentor and really just help. It's it, it was so just fulfilling for me and they'd come back after like a month like we'd have like a month of lessons and I'd be like wow listen to how you started and listen to where you are now and it's just like so cool to watch so yeah I love that and I unfortunately had to stop because I started working in a really cool job now I do sound for movies and tv yeah so I graduated audio engineering school I guess December time this year I guess 2021 December just recently I started doing like sound for movies and tv so we do it's called foley which probably nobody really knows what that means it's just like anything that a person does in a movie like grabbing things or their clothes moving clothes moving or their footsteps all that sort of stuff is kind of dubbed over so I record that so I work with an artist and we watch the movie we watch a scene and we're like okay she grabbed this she grabbed this she grabbed this her feet move this way and we'll just overdub every movement that they do so that you can actually hear it when the movie plays that is so cool that is a really cool job right there what has been your favorite project to work on so far oh wow i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say but okay (laughs) we worked on this mel gibson movie last week i only did like 10 minutes of it but it was a cool 10 minutes it was mel gibson and josh duhamel in it and then the lady from the ranch was in it as well I forget her name, but she's Canadian. But yeah, that was a huge budget movie that they had me on for a little bit. So cool to see movies before they come out, especially big budget movies with like Mel Gibson and, you know, all those big actors. I'm like, wow, this is super cool. I think that one was one of my favorite ones. We do a lot of Hallmark movies as well. So it's Christmas time. It's Christmas season at post-production facilities right now. So we're doing a bunch of Christmas movies for like Hallmark and and like all those kind of stuff. So those ones are cool as well. I, I love Christmas, so... I'm super excited about those. I'm sure they're going to get tiring after a while, but I'm a huge Christmas person. So it's fun to see like Christmas at this time of year. I love a good Hallmark movie, like from November to the end of December. It's Hallmark movies on Netflix. So uh, what do you do outside of music when you're not on the stage, when you're not writing, when you're not in studio? What are some of your hobbies and some of your interests? Oh my God. Um, nothing. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, just hanging out, I think, is super important for me because I am I work like seven days a week now. And I always have because I just have so much going on. I was in school working working at school five days a week and then touring and performing Saturday, Friday, Saturday. So like I've always kind of been working, teaching Sundays. So I've always kind of been so busy and I like being busy. Like I'm the person, kind of person that's like, okay, I'm always on the go. I'm always having something to do. So I think whenever I do get a chance to like not do music or not work, it's just hanging out, you know, um, sitting, watching movies and stuff. Yeah, honestly, listen, listening to music is something that I do a lot. It's just kind of lay down, listen to music or do things with people that are like, close to me a lot of my friends are still away at university so it's kind of just been like me around doing things on my own and then yeah like Alex and I will do things and then just hang out with my people and Alex and Ricky from the Griffin Brothers I know you know them but maybe people don't but those two guys are great hangs and, and we just do things together like we'll you know go get ice cream or like we'll hang out watch a movie or you know sing some songs together and just vibe and and just chill because sometimes you just need that when when you're on the go so much just having a moment to like play some guitar with your people or just you know watch a movie and just hang out have a drink that's kind of what I do when I'm not musicking I guess musicking or working I don't really do much else <laughs> it's kind of a full-time thing Oh, no, I get that. I got a radio job and I do a podcast. So it's seven days a week. But I'm like you. I also just love to be busy. But also finding that balance is also so important. It sounds like you have found that really good balance for you. And that's 
really awesome. So before we play confetti here, of course, you have more concerts coming up, like you mentioned earlier on that you can talk about just yet. You got some new songs coming out and some new projects. So where can everybody follow along your very exciting and very promising musical journey? Instagram is just my biggest platform right now is where I kind of, you know, do most of my interactions. So Instagram at Jessica Sevier, that's just where I'm on most of the time. My website's jessicasevier.com. If you guys want to look at that, it'll have my music and all my tour dates there as well. Facebook at Jessica Sevier Music. I don't personally run that Facebook, so I'm best to contact on Instagram or by email if, if anyone wants to contact me. But and TikTok too. I'm on TikTok. I don't use it a lot. I honestly just don't know what to TikTok about, if I'm being honest. But yeah, I think Instagram is like my biggest platform where people can find me. And I post on there all the time. And I always post show dates and, and kind of behind the scenes things and what I'm working on. So I'd say Instagram is the best place to find me right now. Confetti. It came out a couple of months ago. And this song, your voice, the lyrics, the music, it just is like a heart wrencher, you know, it's so beautiful. So tell us about the inspiration behind the song and how did you make it your own? I remember hearing this song maybe like June, July time last year. I got a list of pitch songs from Sony and there were a lot of great ones. There are ones on there written by like Tennille Arts, Madeline Merlot, and a lot of great Canadian artists and a lot of great just female artists. So I was super grateful to get this list and I heard Confetti for the first time when I was scrolling through and I was like, yep. Instantly, I was like, I love this song. Took me a while to get it. I fought for a little bit. I know one of my friends, Mackenzie Lee Meyer, also wanted the song. I chatted with her a bit about that and she was like, I wanted that song. And I was like, oh, sorry, I got it first, I guess. But yeah, hearing that song for the first time, I was like, yeah, this is like, I need this. So Jordan and I got on them and was like, I need this song. I got the song a few weeks later. And then we were kind of stuck for a little bit, I will say. We didn't know who we wanted to produce it. We didn't know who we wanted to work with on it. So we kind of let it sit for a bit. And then November time came around, I guess, of 2021. And Jordan and I were like, why don't we try working with Grady uh, down in Nashville? So I flew out to Nashville and I went down for a week and Grady and I chatted and I was like, hey, I love the demo of this song. I love everything about it. Can we keep it similar? but you know add a bit of me to it so we kind of followed the demo along a bit with the band and had some great players on it and I just sat there and vibed with the band for a bit and we kind of I think we slowed the song down we changed the key you know added a lot more harmony and a lot of you know of my own kind of phrasing I changed a few things about the song I wasn't allowed to change any lines of the song but I changed a lot of like the phrasing and the way it was sang to kind of really make it feel like my own and and make it more powerful to me and emphasize some things that are more important to me in the song and I think that's kind of how I made it my own and and listening to it over and over again I just kept feeling like this song was me this song was me and and singing it so heartfeltly I think is what made the song my own because I felt every word that I was singing when I sang it because it's hard you know growing up and and trying to be in the right place my life has been so different than my peers because you know, I grew up a bit faster. I went to school, I left school, I went back to school, and then I was done school way before any of my peers. So my life has kind of been a series of, am I at the right stage? Am I too far along? Am I slowing down? So I think that's why confetti resonated with me a lot. And I think it made me feel better about myself too, because I wasn't comparing myself 
to my peers as well. And, and I was just kind of taking the time to think about myself. And I'm, the song kind of helped me become into more of a happy place of where I'm at in life and, and really just make me feel like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing right now. So I think that's kind of what I tried to portray in the song. Before we play Confetti here, introduce it for us. I'm Jessica Sepia and this is my song, Confetti.
wherever you buy, download, or stream your music right now. And as mentioned, you can follow along on all of our social media and on her website, jessicasevier.com, to follow along her very exciting and very promising musical journey and to get all those tour dates that she was talking about into your calendars. A massive, massive thank you going out to Jessica for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was a ton of fun, and you are more than welcome back anytime, Jessica. That has been your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today, and have a great rest of your day. (coughs) 